It's just a fact that our children's beliefs, values, priorities, and how they actually filter and assimilate reality are going to be shaped by someone or something. Now, that's what we call their worldview. In other words, how they view and how they live their life in the world. Ultimately, our children's worldview has an incredible effect on their behaviors, their attitudes, and how they interact with others, including you, their parent. We regularly close this program with our host, Trace Embry, saying, if you don't train your children, someone or something else will. And now, particularly with the advent of the smartphone, that something is too often the more toxic side of our American culture. Being the parent responsible for guiding the next generation to a better worldview, that's today on License to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a year-long wilderness-based Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host on the program is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, you know, one would think that we wouldn't need to be reminded that our kids are actually our kids. That seems the elementary part. And our job, well, we're to train them, not just in what to think, but also in how to think. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of parents, though, and perhaps with good intentions, have allowed perfect strangers to influence the worldviews, the actual attitudes and behaviors of their kids without stepping in and offering correction or guidance. And the, the strangers I'm talking about are members of the media, mm -hmm. our school systems, ad agencies, uh, the entertainment industry, yeah. basically our culture at large. And we talk about this all the time on License to Parent. And as parents, we're often failing, we are failing to engage our kids in what they're seeing and hearing. We're missing these teachable moments, wouldn't you say? Well, you're absolutely right, Rich. Uh, I think those same media outlets, school systems, advertising agencies, and entertainment venues have actually influenced our parents' appetites, attitudes, and behaviors as much as their kids, mm. and a lot more than they or anyone else actually realizes. And as, as we've talked about on the Licensed to Parent broadcast many times before, a culture itself is such a strong influence on the worldview, appetites, attitudes, and behaviors of the individuals living in that same culture that in some cultures, that influence can actually be strong enough and influential enough to get its citizens to believe and do some pretty crazy things, like cannibalism, for example, yeah. or, or chopping off heads, or blowing yourself up, or having you know multiple wives, whatever. But generally speaking, America's problems you know, aren't any of these things. Uh, but sex, drugs, rock and roll, and the related fallout of, of uh, all of these things are common problems in 2017 America, and they're destructive all the same. Th these are things our kids are deluged with every day. And so is narcissism and violence and gender confusion, obesity, pornography, a loss of moral absolutes, anarchy, and digital addictions that offer easy access to the most horrendous sites and information to virtually every kid in the country, regardless of age. Mm -hmm. Some even in preschool, if you can imagine that. These things have now become systemic to today's American culture. So as responsible Christian parents, we have to assess who and what we're actually going to let influence our kids. And that preeminent influence needs to be us, the parents. Yeah. Because after all, they are our kids. They're not Hitler's youth. Yeah, and of course the challenge with this decision is... There are so many portals open to bring these influences in. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to police them, and that's why you are often pounding the drum that says, 
Teach them young. Teach, teach them young. young. We're trying to develop in our young kids attitudes uh, that enable them to shut the doors themselves. Exactly and, and, right. I mean, always with our guidance as parents, because we have to keep speaking into our kids right. truth and teaching them discernment. But, yeah, but, oh. but as you said, if they, if they learn it while they're young, it won't seem so foreign to them when they're finally confronted with the reality right. of having to be countercultural in those teen years. Yeah. Well, let me bring today's guest into the conversation. She was with us just a few months back discussing homeschooling with us. Uh, she holds many titles, including... Uh, former radio host. Uh, she's an actress, an international model. I think I said last time, probably an international spy as well. She's an activist, an <laughs> author, wife, mother, and a homeschooling advocate. Uh, we were discussing her book, They're Your Kids, an inspirational journey from self-doubter to homeschool advocate. And that opened the door to a whole lot of conversation that we had to bring her back on to continue. She has also uh, just written a uh, family devotional for kids. And uh, that is like just coming out as we're recording this. So we'll let her tell us about that. The she in this uh, equation is Sam Sorbo, known for her quick wit, her fun personality, uh, her roles in various films, including Bonfire of the Vanities and 20 Bucks and the TV shows Chicago Hope and Hercules. Uh, by the way, Hercules, not the character, but the show introduced her to her husband. And that's kind of a cool story on its own. But Sam, thanks for being a part of the program. Glad to have you back. I'm so happy to be back with you guys. I had such a great time when we were talking last time and I get a little passionate. So, uh, so we like it's that. fun for me to sort of mouth off because you guys know what I'm talking about. The last time we had you on the broadcast, uh, we talked about the advantages of optimizing our kids' education via homeschooling. And we're big uh, homeschool advocates here. Uh, today, however, I, I, I'd like to talk to you and, and, and also to you parents listening at home uh, about the broader responsibilities, obligations, and benefits of parents understanding that they really are your kids. Uh, you have more rights and responsibilities than you think because I think a lot of parents, uh, even Christian parents, feel pressured to do things and allow things uh, regarding their own kids that are sometimes more politically correct and culturally driven than biblically correct and spiritually driven. I think we can actually forget that they really are our kids. So b beyond mere academics— uh, what are some of your greatest concerns as, uh, as to how we parents have surrendered some of the sway we're supposed to have over our kids uh, to other less prudent influences uh, from our culture, Sam? So it should come as no surprise to me that you're asking the, the perfect setup question here for me because I just spoke at the convention of um, Christian Home Educators in California. Right. And one of the tips and tricks that I gave my parents who were in the audience is do not say okay to your kids. We have a tendency, especially just in the, in the broader culture, of basically what we're doing is we're asking our children for permission. Mm -hmm. So oh, it's yeah. your bedtime now, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to make you lunch now, okay? Or what do you want to so have happens, for lunch? There's that too, but, but I, I harp on the okay because it, it comes in everywhere. No, I'm, mommy's going to get mad at you, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to make you do something, okay? And and so what happens is the child the child is given responsibility. By the way, the child's answer typically is no, that's not okay. I'm All not right. okay with that. And yet they're not allowed to not be okay with it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Or or they they become demonstrative, and then the parent submits to the yeah. child's will. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's happened is in our culture, 
We are no longer submitting to the will of God. You are right So nobody wants their responsibility, right? So in a sense, as a Christian, I submit to the will of God. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times, if it's too heavy for me, I lay it at the cross. I don't want that burden. Right. It goes down at, at the foot of the cross. That lightens my load because I understand that I have responsibility, but ultimately my responsibility is to God. Mm-hmm. What happens here is we transfer our responsibility onto our kids. Their little tiny shoulders can't take it. We're involving them in this, in this weird equation that's going completely in the wrong direction. Yeah, no, we're more interested in our kids' approval than God's approval. We're asking their, their permission for things, for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. And yet yeah. I, reg- I regularly, I mean regularly, Sam, here at Shepherd's Hill, I, I hear kids all the time, I hate my mom, I hate my dad. Uh, why? And, and God is my witness. I, I, they never tell me no. That's that's the, the response oh, you get. The kids will tell you this. That's a self-realized child there who understands why most kids yeah. won't be able to articulate why. Well, they've never they been in an environment. No they have no respect for their parents, right? Yeah. And not only that, they become resentful because they cannot take that burden. They can't take that responsibility. You can't give a child the responsibility of whether he whether or not he goes to nap. You know, it, right. it licensed to parents parent your children, exactly take that right. responsibility. And by the way, I mean, this is, this goes along with the homeschooling and, and why I wrote there, your kids is there have been families that have sued the state because their children were not taught to read in school. And every time the outcome is no, the state's not responsible. You as the parent are responsible for the education of your children. Parents think that somehow they are delegating the responsibility to the state, to the school, mm-hmm. but they're not. Well, in, right. in defense of those parents, though, the state is at the same time telling them that it's the state's responsibility, and that right. drives me lie. absolutely insane. And we're you believing it. Both, yeah, but you can't have it both ways. But ultimately, right. no matter what the decision is, is, as long as these kids are in our home and under our authority, mm-hmm. a God-given authority, as, as you just said, Sam, we got to be the parents. And, uh, well, but that's the thing is, you know, when I punished my child, I would sit if it was, you know, a, a deep infraction, you know, we'd have a, we'd have a talk because I, I never did it out of anger. I, I don't believe in that. So I would sit down and I would say, now, here's what you did. You, you lied to me or whatever it was. This, this is a sin against God. I am responsible to God. I am responsible for you. So as a responsible parent, I must do this. Because I am answerable to God. I have a higher authority. Mm -hmm. When you show children that you as a parent have a higher authority, they respect your authority. That's exactly right. When they see you as submitting to an authority greater than yourself, it's easier for them to submit to yours. Right? It's it's a weird conundrum. It doesn't, probably because of the way we're educated today, it's, it's a very difficult equation for us to fathom. And yet it is so simple. When you finally get it, it becomes crystal clear. Right. Well, it is the way and we're educated st- and indoctrinated by all the outside influences that come to our home via entertainment and, and, uh, and information 24-7. And so a kid never really sees another environment if, if the parents have been sucked into the cultural influences themselves. Does a fish know he's wet? Yeah, <laughs> that's you, one of my favorite, favorite yeah. analogies. Well, one thing regarding what what our society is teaching us, there was a poll not that long ago where, you know, kids were asked what they thought the greatest moral faux pas was. You know, what's what's the biggest moral injustice here? Most kids felt Uh that that not recycling was a greater moral issue (laughs) than sex outside of marriage. Can you believe that one? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Wow. What are your thoughts on how parents respond to their kids when the kids tell them stuff like this, and that uh, that the chastity, let's say, just isn't realistic in in twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen America. You know what? I got to tell you, my pastor has such a great argument. I got to give it up for Rob McCoy of Calvary Chapel, uh, Godspeed Calvary Chapel in in Newberry Park, because he says, you know, we have we have certain drives that are almost that, that are unavoidable, right? Our greatest right. drive is for is thirst, right? We hung we hunger, we thirst, uh, we need air, we have to breathe, right? And then sex is right up there. And in fact, sometimes we'll choose sex over food. You know what I mean? Like it's way, it's way up there. In fact, for, for teenage boys, especially they've done studies, that's when the, the drive peaks. Right. And so how do you tell a teenage boy that God played this nasty trick on him and put this tremendous drive in him at the moment where he's trying to learn self-discipline and self-control? Um, and how do you, how do you explain that to him? And my pastor says, of course God did it that way, because that is when the young man needs to learn self-control. Mm-hmm. And this is the ultimate test of self-control. Amen. You learn to control this, Everything else a piece you of have dominion over yourself for the rest of your life. Oh, is that the truth? You don't learn to control this, you are ceding your authority to your whims and your wishes. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids think, well, that's eventually going to wear off. Uh, I heard Chuck Swindoll uh, say one time, he was talking to an 80-year-old uh, missionary, and he said, uh, sir, when, when does this kind of go away? And, and, and the 80-year-old missionary says, it doesn't go away. <laughs> it doesn't go away. No. You, learn, you learn to control yourself. You learn right. to control exactly your right. urges. That's you learn exactly to master right. yourself. Yeah, I mean, and that's are... an important, important lesson. And mm-hmm. and we're not teaching our young men that we're emasculating them, we're feminizing them in such a horrible way. And it doesn't help when we parents take our our cultural dress code uh, f- from uh, Beyonce and and all the other uh, you know uh, folks like that out there, uh, and our kids are, are going to uh, Victoria's Secret to you know for their school. Clothing, the upcoming dance, or the, yeah, you know, school I mean, wardrobe, and and they come into church like this, and 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 so they're causing their brother to stumble, basically. And I think that parents need to be a little more cognizant of that. I'm not trying to say we need to be legalistic about it, but you know, because the question was asked me one time, well, how do I know what is really skanky makeup or skanky, you know, apparel? And I'll say, well, the spiritual answer is, I don't know, but I know it when I see it. And that's really the bottom line. And it goes back to what you said. I think you said this earlier is we got to stay connected to the Lord and walk in faith and obedience to him, submission to him. He'll reveal where those lines of demarcation are at and we can then pass them on to our children. Yeah, I know. I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, my daughter loves makeup. She's 11. I thank God for makeup. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, she, and, and frankly, she, sometimes she goes crazy and sometimes she does a beautiful makeup job and it never leaves the house. Yeah. But you have to, you have to teach your children who their role models should be. And that, so, so I want to talk briefly about the book called Teach from Love. And it, ta- it talks about teaching our children godly characteristics because where else are they going to learn it? They're not going to get it That's from, right. from uh, one day in church, from the two hours at church, one day a week kind right. of thing. Exactly. And so we go through, the, it's, a, it's a school year devotional for families, but God willing, it'll go into schools because teachers can certainly use these. And I did it when I was homeschooling 
the, the idea hit me because um, I do a co-op. So I taught seventh grade one day a week this past year for the second year, actually. And I Good would put you. a word up on the board, a godly characteristic like patience. And then I'd have the kids workshop it. I'd say, what is patience? Define patience. Give mm-hmm. me synonyms. Give me antonyms. What does it look like when you don't have patience? And it, an epiphany hit me. Do you know what the opposite of patience is? It's anger. Hmm. Now wow. think about that for a minute. We don't think, we think impatience, but mm-hmm. we don't know really what that means, right? You can't define a word using, it, using itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next time you're angry, think, am I just being impatient? Yeah. This, this book that we're talking about, Teach from Love, School Year Devotional for Families. Uh, I'm looking at it right now on Amazon.com. It's available for the Kindle and also in paperback. We are uh, talking to Sam Sorbo, author, actress, uh, all-around international uh, speaker. And, uh, boy, we've, we've barely touched the surface of some of your many uh, uh, jobs and roles <laughs> that you've had. But that's the source of another program. This is Licensed to Parent. We've got to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more conversation with Sam Sorbo right after this. In the training of our children, what role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the License to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen Rebellion, Depression, Addiction, Rage, Cutting, and Suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And uh, Trace and I today are talking with Sam Sorbo, uh, who is author of a great book about parents being parents. And that is, of course, what we are always talking about here. Uh, but we've also been talking about uh, some of her other roles right before the break, including, Sam, you've got a new movie coming out called Let There Be Light. Uh, I know your husband, uh, Kevin, is in it. Sean Hannity is the executive producer. Your kids are in it. Dionne Warwick, Travis Tritt, 
What is this movie about? And uh, it's out this year. Is that right? Yes, it comes out in November. We're very excited, and uh, it'll it'll have a theatrical release. Obviously, uh, my husband stars and directs, and I co-star with him. And then our two boys are in it also because I just I do everything family. I'm just so I'm Good just, for just you. so family oriented. That's awesome. Um, so they were they were excited, and they did a great job. I got to say, um, I got to tell you, this film resonates with women really well but it resonates even more with men. And so I'm so excited because this is the movie. Ladies, if you want to take your guy to see a movie and you want him to thank you for it afterwards, this is the film to see. It's the story about a man who uh, is the greatest atheist uh, known, and he he has a near-death experience. And then he starts to struggle with his worldview. And so it's a love story. It's a story about family. More importantly, it's a story about a man struggling with God, really, and fighting. And as we know, this is biblical. Uh, uh, Jacob wrestled with God in the Bible, right? So, mm. um, so, so that's, that's sort of the basis of the film. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Sean Hannity was our executive producer. He plays himself in the movie. He does an excellent job. He, he is so <laughs> much like Sean Hannity wow. in the movie. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to find a good Sean Hannity, you know, replacement. So glad you went to the that's source. That's right. Now, uh, just out of curiosity, because you guys wrote this also, didn't you? I wrote it. Okay. Uh, I co-wrote it. I, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a weird story. Uh, the, the idea hit me, and I called a writer that I know, a friend, who's a really good uh, Hollywood screenwriter, and asked him if he'd consider writing a screenplay with me. And, of course, he answered no, because he really didn't need me. But he <laughs> said, let's have lunch. And so at lunch, I told him the idea, and he said, I love that idea. Let's do it. We'll do it together. And so within two weeks, Sean Hannity called my husband just out of the blue and said, listen, I think I want to get into filmmaking and I want to do it with you. Do you have any faith-based projects? And I, I looked at Kevin, and I pointed at Kevin. I said, that's my film. Mm, <laughs> so, wow. And, and honestly, a year later, we had a finished film. It, this doesn't that's happen awesome. in Hollywood. It's kind awesome. of a, a miracle. So, so parents go support but that. We need, but you know what? We need support because... Because faith-based filmmaking is is tough. It's independent. Studios don't quite get it yet. They just they they're just not on that page. But they're doing and better. So, they're doing better though, right? Yes, they're yeah. doing better. Uh, the films are doing better, and the studios are starting to understand. There's a market. But, but I I tell you from experience, um, it's it's a tough market. And sure. so if if Christian moviegoers still want to continue going to movies, they need to support Christian films. You know what I, I mean? I totally agree. Uh, you, you probably have Ted, our buddy Ted Baird jumping up and down. Yes. He that's, is jumping up and down, actually. That's well, good. He's, he's such a dear. Um, and, but I will say this also. This film is, you bring somebody who, you, who you're too afraid or too shy to invite to church, mm-hmm. bring them to see this film. Well, uh, that's awesome. I'll, we'll, we'll certainly spread the word about that. Uh, when's it coming out? November. November. Just in time for Thanksgiving. Yep. Yep, just in time for Thanksgiving. So very good. Very, I'm so excited. Mark, yeah. your, mark your calendar, folks. Uh, it's been a long road. Sam, <laughs> I, I, I want to shift gears just a little bit. Uh, since they are our kids, back to the, you know, your, your other book. Uh, yep. How do you feel about dating in 2017 America? And what's wrong with a Christian parent demanding a chaperone? Nothing. I always demand chaperone. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, 
you and me. <laughs> you and me. But, but you know, you you have to. It's not even so bad. Uh, uh, the fight with your kid isn't so bad. It's it's the other parents. It's the other kids. I mean, but what is wrong with that? What, what, why, would, why is that not a good idea? Okay, the problem comes from if your kids have gone to public school for, or, you, or really any institution for, you know, so many years, mm-hmm. your authority has been undermined. Diminished, sure. And so when you try to exert your authority in a situation that will cause the child embarrassment, they will side against you because they're so fearful mm-hmm. of not being perceived as normal. And so what you need to do is figure out what, normal should be, and then normalize your child to that. And, that and, and it's challenging if your authority's been undermined for too long. All the more reason to start young. All the more reason to start young. I mean, you know, I didn't realize it until I, really when I was finishing my book, uh, They're Your Kids, that the greatest benefit of home education is the family relationship. Like, yeah. you know, smart, educated, uh, well, well-rounded, um, well-socialized. Like, there are great benefits to homeschooling, but honestly, it's, the, it's a parent-child relationship. Mm-hmm. You're exactly My kids right. and I have a really good understanding because I've homeschooled them all the way through, and so they are very familiar with my thoughts on this, mm-hmm. and they, they mirror my thoughts on yeah. most things. You grounded them. We don't, yeah, we don't have disagreements, mm-hmm. and if, if we do, it's, it's, it's of a... It's, it's of a very superficial nature. It's not like an in-depth sort of, I want a tattoo and you don't want me to have one and I'm going to rebel now. Right. And uh, granted, my oldest is only 15. There's still time. You know, the jury's still out. <laughs> but I got to tell you, he spoke at the school board the other day and got a, a nasty book off of the required reading list. So, uh, so far, so good. He's, he's my hero. You Hallelujah. know what I mean? Hallelujah. And you guys live in a very difficult part of the world to be... Uh to be following the Lord as, as faithfully yeah. as you are. I, I, I really tip my hat to you. Thank you for doing that. I hate to say it, but we are out of time, and I know you are too, Sam. You've been gracious enough to step away from your conference and do back-to-back interviews, ours being one of them today. So thanks to our guest, Sam Sorbo, actress, former radio host, international model, activist, homeschooling advocate, and the author of many books, including two we've talked about today. They're Your Kids, an inspirational journey from self-doubter to homeschool advocate, and your brand new devotional for families called Teach From Love, a school year devotional. Makes a great gift. A great gift. And again, the, the movie that's coming out uh, this, this November, what's called the name Let of There it? Be Light this November. Let There Be Light. Excellent. And God said, Let There Be Light. Right? Amen. Amen. So we've got our list of things to do all involving Sam Sorbo. Thank, thank you, Sam. You. God bless you, Sam. Appreciate it. All right. You too. God thank bless. You. Thank Bye-bye. you. By the way, uh, Sam, I think mentioned earlier in the program that her husband, Kevin, uh, is involved in it. She wrote the uh, the story, but Kevin and Sam and their two boys, Braden and Shane, uh, are in this movie, Let There Be Light. It also features Dionne Warwick, uh, Michael Francis. Uh, Travis Tritt, Daniel Roebuck, Gary Grubbs, and uh, Danielle Artis. Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, the executive producer is Sean Hannity, who also plays himself in the movie due out this November. Uh, this is Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Remember that the work we do here on Licensed to Parent is but an extension of the work that we do every day inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill Academy. That's a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. As we've said before, if you have a troubled teen or perhaps you know of one and you need to get some help, we invite you to go to our website, uh, click the link for Shepherd's Hill Academy, or simply go to helpmytroubledteen.com. 
licensedparent.org. Again, you can visit licensedparent.org and click the link or go to helpmytroubledteen.org and that'll take you right to Shepherd's Hill. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. And for Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosel, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.